From the Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide and ArchD Radio and Podcasting, this is the Parishes of Adelaide podcast for Wednesday the 3rd of June. I'm your host, James Meston. This new podcast is one of the ways that as an Archdiocese of many parishes, we can stay connected during this time when we are disconnected in a lot of ways. Every Wednesday, we'll be releasing a new episode that will feature conversations with different parishes to see how they are staying connected with their congregations at the moment. Today, we'll be spending time at the Northern Light and Hindmarsh Finden parishes. I connected with Father Mark Sexton from the Northern Light Parish via Microsoft Teams, which is a lot like Zoom if you haven't used it. And he started by reading us the gospel for this Sunday. This is a gospel from the gospel according to Mark. Some Pharisees and Herodians were sent to Jesus to ensnare him in his speech. They came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you are not concerned with anyone's opinion. You do not regard a person's status, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or should we not pay? Knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius to look at. They brought one to him, and he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They replied, Caesar's. So Jesus said to them, Repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. They were utterly amazed at him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Well, I find this one interesting because I can see some parallels to today. They... Um, they're trying to trap him, obviously, and this. But this would have been a real issue, I'm sure. Could you hand? Because, because imperial money had the emperor's uh, figure on it, and of course the Jews weren't not supposed to have graven images. So you had imperial money and provincial money. So, you know, should we pay the tax? And the mere fact that they were so fulsome in their greetings is a bit of a tick, uh, trip that they're going to try and trap him. And he asked them if they've got the denarius, which is the imperial money. So these men who are apparently so concerned about the righteousness or not, they've actually got an imperial coin with Caesar's face on it. So they're being being a bit hypocritical. So there's an apparent issue, but they're coming with their own agenda. And I see that with some of the reactions to the COVID restrictions and some people's protesting against it. They're saying that this being an attack on their freedoms, but and some of them are probably sincere, but they're coming with another agenda. Here in Australia, we've seen it mostly anti-vaxxers and, and, and libertarians. In the United States, very similar grouping. It's become a, a vehicle to attack the idea of society as a whole and pushing a very individualistic agenda. So that's, for me, I can see some similarities there that people... A real issue, but bringing it with another agenda. That's it. My, I was taught at the seminary, it's, homilies or reflections should be like drilling for oil. If you haven't struck anything in five minutes, you stop boring. So we were just talking a little bit before we started recording and, mm. and you were saying this, ha- this, bit, this has been tough for you guys. It's been hard. Yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. 
Chicago. Yeah, tell me, tell me, um, maybe if you had to pick out sort of like the the two or three most challenging things that you actually had to come across through this period of time um, in in staying uh, together and um, in community with your parish, maybe some things that you may not have predicted might have been problems before you got started with all this. I didn't foresee how much I would miss gathering with the community. Um, that's really been a, a hole in my life. That I'm, I've been streaming Mass on the parish Facebook page and that's something, but it just feels wrong to, to celebrate without the community there. What, do you remember the first moment when you actually really had the really strong feeling of going, this is actually a lot tougher than I had thought it would be. Was there an exact moment that it kind of really hit you for the first time? The first time I streamed Mass the Saturday morning after the restrictions came in, right at the beginning. Right at the beginning. And then come Easter, and it just felt so wrong to go through the Easter services on my own. So you're up there, you're, you're, you're celebrating Mass essentially on your own. Mm. You're, you're, you're going through the Mass and it's, it's a beautiful Mass, the Easter Mass, it's a longer Mass. Mm. What, what are you thinking and what are you feeling while you're going through all that? Because you're going through this amazing uh, liturgy. Um, I, I imagine you would have done the whole thing with the Eucharist and everything. Yep. You would have done the whole thing. How was that? Because it's about an hour and a half um, uh, liturgy all in all. Well, like, what was going through your mind and, and going through your heart while that was all happening? It's in my heart, tremendous sadness that, and a, a real feeling of mourning and loss that here's this beautiful ceremony that normally is such a highlight and nobody's there physically. Uh, it just, as I said, it felt wrong to be going through that with a community not there and not being... I mean, when we were finally able to have a weekday Mass again like Thursday of last week, and that was... As I said, 11 weeks since the last time we've been able to gather and it just, I was blown away by just how much I'd, I'd lost, I was grieving for that loss. It, um, I almost felt in tears at being able to gather again. And how, what was the feeling um, in the congregation, the people who were able to gather with you? What did they say? Well, given we were all doing the physical distancing, yes, <laughs> um, I think they were really grateful for the opportunity to gather again as well. Um, and tomorrow I'll be going to Tarlee and next week Balaclava because they only get one weekday mass a month. And most of February I was on Kangaroo Island with the bushfires as a defence chaplain. So I don't think Tarlee or Balaclava have had a weekday mass since January. Wow. So, and I know a number of them have really felt the, a loss in their lives, not being able to gather. I'm really glad that you brought up your role um, as the as the defence chaplain as well, because what you've seen, and I guess what we've seen in Australia, we're, we're talking here, I guess the whole point of the Parishes of Adelaide podcast is we're talking primarily about the challenges that are being faced and also the positives that might have come out of that. But I want to go to that in a second. We'll, we'll deal with this first. Um, but something that's been very real in terms of the entire Australian experience, not just the parish experience, is this idea that we've literally gone from one big 
uh, chaotic issue to another big chaotic mm. issue. And you, as a defence chaplain, you've seen both sides of that. Can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like for you close up firsthand on Kangaroo Island and how the community responded to all of that? I got there after the fires and sores were over into recovery phase. And the community there was really tired. They were exhausted. Some degree, some of them were almost on autopilot because they'd had they'd been busily fighting the fires. They got through that. Now they're having to bring down fences to deal with um, stock, deal with water, uh, clear water lines, all of that. So a number of them were just, as I said, completely exhausted but still going. They hadn't had time, most of them, to process what they'd been going through. I know there were a couple of occasions where I sat down, well, there were at least three occasions I sat down with farmers and we just let them talk. And I think it was the first time since, well, since January that they'd been able just to process what they were going through. I know one of them, his wife said to me afterwards, she was very grateful. She said, that's the first time he stopped for an hour since this all started. And how long had that been? Uh, in this case, the stage has been about four weeks. He'd just been going... Stop, to stop, to stop for an hour. Yeah. He must have been beyond exhausted. You know, who knows what he was running on. Definitely wasn't um, yeah. adrenaline or nervous energy anymore. That would have been exhausted along just sheer um, sheer need, I guess, to, yeah. to make sure that everything just doesn't fall apart, I suppose. Yeah. And, and what do you, other, what do you okay. say to someone? Like, do, when, you're like, I know you said let them talk, but when you offer comfort to somebody in that position, what do you say? I try and say very little. Most What I find what most people need is just the opportunity to someone who will listen to them, not, not give advice, not try and solve it, mm-hmm. just listen and let them work through. And my experience in, in a lot of issues is most cases people know what they need to do they just need to work through the yeah. process to get there. Yeah, I've they, heard that. They don't need advice. They don't need cheering up. Just let them talk and listen to them. And I noticed a lot of the community, they were so grateful for the help that um, Defence and Blaze Aid were giving them. That, uh, as I said, it would have taken them months to do what we were doing in days. Yeah. That's enormous. Well, if I'd love to take, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening would love to give a huge vote of thanks to you, Father Mark, for all the amazing work that you do in that area. It's a, it's a, it's a big job. It's a big responsibility and you're out there doing it all the time. And we are so incredibly grateful to you. So thank you. Okay. Um, getting back to COVID and all of yep. the stuff that's happened. So, so we're now back in, in a very limited capacity and that's starting s- slowly to increase bit by bit as we go along. So this week we can have more people. Is that right? Is that? Yep. We can have up to 20 in a room. 20. Okay. So um, up to a while back, it was uh, last week, it was no more than 10. Mm. Now we can have up to 20. So we're on a we're on an upward trajectory. We're moving yep. in a direction that's actually good. Um, I know that you said it's been difficult, it's been challenging for you and for your parish community. Has there been un- any unexpected positives that that you've encountered that without this you wouldn't have had? One is surprised surprised me um, just how grateful people were for me streaming this. Yeah, um, I've had a lot of uh, comments from people. Uh, being up here, of course, it's vintage, and uh, a couple of Christians who work in the wine industry have um, very nicely given me some wine. 
Oh, excellent. Excellent. And I guess also couple. being where you are too, it's it would be a really common thank you gift anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, they've also given me a, a bottle of um, of red as a welcome to Adelaide gift for the Archbishop. Fantastic. When I get to meet him. So, okay. Uh, well, if he if he hears this this podcast, then I'm sure he will <laughs> be uh, like rubbing his hands together, going, "Okay, got one yep. to the Barossa coming my way." Indeed. Um, that's been one that right struck me. And there's, uh, I've actually had people from Ireland and interstate tapping in. <laughs> and what was what have they said? Um, well, they haven't. Well, they've sent likes, but okay. uh, of course, when you stream it, it comes up on the. Oh, yeah, underneath it, yeah. Yeah. Do you see that while you're doing mass? Do you notice? I have a couple of times. There's one um, a soldier I became friends with in Afghanistan back in 2011. And I still think of her as a lass, but obviously, yeah. And uh, she came up one morning and I just smiled and she told me afterwards that she burst out laughing when she saw me smile. Really? (laughs) So she's one. When um, she knew, when she found out that I was writing my homilies to go on the Paris Facebook page, she asked me to include her in that every week because given her role, she can't always get to mass. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that was interesting to have someone actually ask for my homilies. Yeah. I guess, too, in thinking about it, a thought hadn't really occurred to me, but um, people who you would have uh, worked with and worked alongside um, as the Defence Force chaplain, they would not normally get a chance to see your homilies or chance to um, um, to celebrate mass. Has any of them ever, like besides this um, this one last that you were talking about, anyone else um, had an opportunity to reconnect with you through this? Uh, yeah, there's a man we became friends, again, in Afghanistan. He was the Special Forces chaplain. He's uh, an Anglican minister. So, yeah, we've, we've reconnected over those things. Anything else, any other unexpected positives that, that have come out of it? Doesn't need to be big. It can even be just like the, just the small things, I suppose. You know. Yeah, it's it's interesting how much people realise they they're missing the Eucharist, just how important it was in their lives. That mm. that community of coming together. Um, I mean, that was an agreeable surprise. It was the sort of thing you'd hope, but to to have it confirmed was a very positive thing. Do you feel differently about what parish is and what church is and what it can be through this whole? Whole, I don't know what to call it. Disaster, pandemic. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. It's kind of just something that, as a as a world, we've had to grapple with. It's just this massive thing. I think it's actually reinforced my awareness of what we as a church can be, what we can do, and how we how we can reach out to each other. And people have done that. They've been ringing each other. There's um, some of our bulletin, uh, we send out the bulletin every week by email, but some of the parishioners aren't an email. So other parishioners have been printing it off and taking it to them. So they're keeping connected. So it's, yeah. it's reinforced my ideas of what we can be at our best. Right. So if you, if you had to finish that sentence and said, when we're at our best as a church, we are what? We are with each other. I love that. That's great. Now, we're giving everyone an opportunity uh, who's involved in the podcast to give a message to uh, the rest of the Archdiocese of Adelaide. Um, if you could say one thing, one thought that you that you would love for everyone in the Archdiocese of Adelaide and every parish everywhere to know, what would that be? That we are family. We are here for each other.
Once I'd signed off with Father Mark, I headed down to the Hindmarsh Finden Parish to meet with Father Lancey, Parish Pastoral Coordinator Narita, and Parish Admin Assistant Rose. As you'll hear, the simple run-of-the-mill idea of putting a location into Google Maps and following the directions can sometimes not go exactly as you expect. So I'm out here on Port Road. I'm at the Hindmarsh Parish, and I have never been to this church before, and it's incredible. It's so, it's enormous for one thing, but it's incredibly beautiful. I'm just walking in here now, looking to meet uh, incredible team here and chat to them about what this whole experience for them around this COVID-19 has been like. So let me just see where I need to be. Hello, how are you going? Uh, James from the Parishes of Adelaide podcast. Okay. Um, who are you? Um, I was looking, I was speaking with the parish priest and the group of the parish people. Oh, here. no, sorry. We're um, holiday trading. We're not part of the Fantastic. Parish. Wrong spot. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I think I accidentally went to a shop next door. Um, that's okay, I guess. Let's try the church itself, see how we go. Oh, okay, I think I'm in the wrong spot. Rose, it's James Meston from Parishes of Adelaide. How are you? I've come to the church. I've come to the wrong place. Highmarsh Catholic Parish Office. Geez, this is really beautiful too. Hello. Well, the church was nice, but this is also really nice. It's lovely. Historical. It's beautiful. Yes, Good to it's meet coming. you. <laughs> this is Narita. Hi, Narita. How are you going? Father Lancey is here. Hi, Father Lancey. How are you going? Good. How are you? Has there been any particular moment that you can think of? Has there been any one that's really struck you over this period of time where you've gone, wow, that's different. I never would have ever considered thinking that this would be, like if I'd gone, if we'd gotten to a time, if we'd gotten in Time Machine in February and come through to now, and you would have gone, whoa, I can't imagine I ever would have done this two or three months ago. Is there one thing in particular at all that stands out to you? You've gone, now that's something that I'll always, always remember yeah. from this time. Especially the mass with our congregation in mm -hmm. the churches, empty pews. What was that like the first time? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, of course, just uh, two, three of them, you know, I was looking at around at least 100 heads, but <laughs> just for two, three, uh, I was feeling, you know, there is no response, you know, it is just one way. 
just saying, you know. Yeah. And I'm responding myself. Of course, they are responding, but mm. I'm doing it louder than uh, you know others do. So it is just feeling like you know emptiness. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you said, the Lord be with you, and nothing came back? It came out, yeah. <laughs> and I said, uh, I also, I mean, and also with you, instead yeah. of saying, I am also with me, but <laughs> I said that. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a bit random, isn't it, really? Yeah. But uh, it, it must be, I mean, I imagine as a priest, when you deliver Mass, there must be something that you just automatically think. It's a bit like magically pressing a button. You say, um, the Lord be with you, and then you hear back, and with your spirit, it's just a natural thing. And you yeah. kind of go... <laughs> Did I do something wrong? Is it the reason it's not working? Um, yeah, but I was very conscious of, you know, uh, those responses and, you know, the time. Even the beginning of the Mass, uh, when before I enter the altar, uh, we always said, okay, let's start. Go, one, two, three, start. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of a very different experience, mm. you know, altogether. And getting in the altar, of course, alone and looking up. I sometimes the first few masses, I didn't feel like, you know, looking up, you know, just looking yeah. at the missile, and saying, uh, as I said, uh, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. It's just like a empty emptiness outside, emptiness within. Yeah. So of course, has that changed for you? Uh, Has it changed from emptiness outside, emptiness within, or have you actually found something after, within that that actually gives you, yeah. that, that is more nourishing or more fulfilling or more spirit-filled than, than before? Uh, emptiness outside has not changed, now slowly changing because of the guidelines. Emptiness within has changed because um, after a couple of masses that I celebrated, there was always a conscious of... Uh, the parishioners participating with the Zoom and Facebook mm -hmm. and I'm always conscious of okay I have my parishioners participating so I need to be you know I need to get them involved though they don't respond physically but of course spiritually we are united and we are one yeah. so that made me really you know now it has become part and we learned a lot through technical uh, things you know it was you know one of the masses i saw after the mass i was doing on the left hand side because the camera was you know okay. turned around. Well, what people might not be able to see is you were you're doing the sign of the cross but with your left hand, left hand. because other people would see it as on the, the right yeah. the mirror image yeah so i mean that's that's the technical part anyway but <laughs> but but uh, i learned a lot but i'm conscious of uh, the participation of my parishioners uh, though not everyone but those who are able to connect through the internet yeah. I mean, through the zoom and facebook so it's a different experience now yeah. and uh, slowly slowly as the the restrictions are eased now and we are actually hoping that uh, you know people will come back and you know mm. that's there that conscious and that presence is always there mm. presence of mind so, I mean, through, Narita, through this whole process, we've seen, you know, essentially the, the very idea of what being a parish is has changed a lot in the last couple of months. What does a parish mean for you now in a way that might have been different before all this began? I guess we've, we've had time to reflect um, and we've, you know, had the opportunities rise that have made us look like, um, made us look at what we are as a parish and, and if anything, I guess, 
what's highlighted for me is that we are more uh, um, we're not as outward focused as we thought we were. So, and and that's you know, we always thought perhaps we you know we we liked the outreach and we we thought we were out, outward focused and we are in in a lot of ways, but there was absolute room for improvement and that's where I think that's what's changed. So where for you is like you know they they say that your blind spot is the space between where you think you are and where you really are. So for you, where was that blind spot then? Where did that sit? Um, definitely in our um, ageing parishioners, where who don't have connection with the world uh, through you know the, through the internet or through Facebook, um, through social media. Um, yeah, so uh, those who perhaps live by themselves, that was absolute blind spot um, for us, which we sort of did give a bit of thought to, but mm. I think yeah, that's definitely where we. That's a big highlight for and us. And appreciated it okay. as well. Yeah. yeah. So what does that, um, Rose, what does that mean moving forward? Is are things going to look very similar for the parish post-COVID as they were pre-COVID? Is it been a case of going, well, we got through it, we've come out the other side, we're going to go back to how it was? Or has the experience of, of what's happened here influenced what's going to be happening going forward, do you think? I think a bit of both. Mm? I think there will What be will change? I'm, th I'm thinking like once masses um, go back, which is happening soon, that will be the normality that everyone knows. So that won't really change much. But I think the closeness that we've, um, the relationships we've forged with the ones we've been um, sending out the bulletins, hand delivering, seeing new people, and they will feel that closeness that we've had and we're just continuing it. So what you're saying is that although in some ways we haven't been as separated as this ever, I mean this is this is a this is a time. This is like a once in a century event, really. This is we don't really see anything like that. Our whole nature of the way in which we're in relationship with each other, not just I guess in parish, but friends, family, work colleagues, all that stuff has changed so much. Um, it would be the the most logical thing in the world to say we've become more distant from each other. We've, we're, we're more separated than they've ever been. But what you're saying is that there's now a closeness that exists that never existed before. Oh, it was there. I, I think it was there, but uh, like we've bonded more. Talk about that. What, what does that bonding mean? Uh, like, like just, um, to, well, when I delivered a bulletin, uh, parishioner well, got me to go inside and we had a little chat and it was just nice and it was just telling me all the history, how he met his wife, like it was just beautiful. Mm. And I wouldn't have, that wouldn't have happened, that conversation, if I didn't hand deliver the bulletin. And then in turn they came to the parish and so we just, like that was the bond. Mm. think that really means do you think for a parishioner for someone from the church to actually come and visit them because this is something that's a real throwback to an another time this is how that's it used right. to be and I think from what I understand in the conversations that I've had with um, parishes over the last month or so um, it's one of those those old school things that old school one of those old school things that has since been kind of like it's not been pushed aside but it's kind of moved to the back burner because there are so many other things with masses and just getting all of those things happening 
happening in the general run of the parish, all of a sudden rediscovering these moments of connection that are different. Uh, is this something that you might want to continue going forward, do you think? It's, it's possible, but it's the time factor. So with the COVID, it, with the restrictions, it gave us more time to focus on those areas as well. Yeah. In in that sense, so, so catch 22. I think there have been connections that have been made or strengthened that perhaps wouldn't have happened being in a building. Yeah. And, and also I think there's been an empowerment of our community and a little bit of uh, perhaps a change in mindset that you don't have to be in a building to be church. Like we are the we are the church. We're brothers and sisters in Christ and we are the church. And I think that's, you know, come through with that communion prayer that we have, the spiritual um, communion prayer, which is just beautiful. And that brings us together in that moment. We're not physically together, but it brings us together as a community. So I think that's definitely an enrichment. And that's, you know, back to that old way of, you know, church at home, because church is not a building. Okay, we call it a church, but it's a mass centre. It's a building. It's bricks and mortar. And I think, yeah, I think we are the church. And that's kind of something that's that we've really lifted and highlighted out there, I think. Mm. So, I mean, Father Lance, in talking about that, um, uh, that that idea of of what Rose was talking about in terms of the time factor. Do you think now that the priority for your parish is that you 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 need to kind of go back to resume what it is that is kind of the the core thing that you were doing prior to this happening, or has the things that have been I guess done out of necessity because it's the only way that you can connect. Is there anything out of that that you go, you know what, we need to actually make time. We need to change the way that we use our time because this has been a really effective thing, whatever this is. Like there's certain things that you have done. Is there anything that's been happening during the time during COVID where you've gone, okay, yes, this is something that we now need to make time to do because this is really powerful. We didn't have the time to do this before, but now that we have done, it's something that's really powerful and we don't want to let it go. Uh, yeah, one of the things that, uh, of course, we want to come together anyway, uh, but one of the things that uh, I was just we were just reflecting on is people, those who are vulnerable and those who are not able to come, for example, live streaming the masses, because we need to, for those who are, cannot come, and what happens to those people, the older uh, you know, people, those who cannot come for Mass at all from now, mm -hmm. those who have that fear, you know, that uh, no, they cannot come and you know, be a part of a community. So we need to reach out through, this, uh, through these means of uh, you know, live streaming of Masses. Uh, so that way I think we need, I feel we need to continue through this, but at the same time, of course, uh, uh, I also feel that community spirit, we need to come together, of course, following the guidelines of uh, the government and the, what the diocese uh, says, keeping the distance and everything, and keeping that in mind. Uh, coming together, together also is a joy. Parishes of Adelaide is a production of ArchD Radio and Podcasting for the Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide. You can subscribe to this podcast and have it delivered to your device every Wednesday as soon as it's released on whatever platform you're listening to it on right now. Music in this episode is from Lee Rosevere and Hyde. 
If you think there are other people who may enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. And if there are others you know or in your parish who don't have the technology to listen to podcasts on their phone, iPad, computer or other digital device, we can make CDs of this podcast available. Please contact me via email, that's in the show notes, and we'll work out how to get those to you. You can also ring on our message line and record your own message to the Archdiocese for inclusion on the next episode. As this podcast is all about parishes and parishioners of Adelaide, it seems only fitting that we feature all those voices as much as we can. I'll include the number in the podcast show notes too, but if you call 8301-6633, that's 8301-6633, and follow the prompts, you can be heard on the next episode of Parishes of Adelaide. It'd be great to hear from you. And if you want to hear some of the other podcasts we make here at HD, we have four others we produce, all to do with different aspects of Catholic education and Catholic life. You can see them all on our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook, look for HD Radio and Podcasting, and they're all there. My name is James Meston. I look forward to catching up with you again next Wednesday. See you next week.